I'm home with my family. And I'm excited of the word that he's given me to give you. I first want to thank all the leadership of our church and all their faithfulness. Pastor Ryan, Pastor Dan, thank you for taking the reins of teaching the word in such a powerful way. And uh, I'm excited of the future. Amen. See, when we receive the gifts that God gave our brothers and sisters, then what happens is God supplies all our need. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose, why he's gifted you and why he's gifted all of us. is so that our needs are just absolutely overwhelmed with his truth. I can't do life without you. It doesn't take a village. It takes a man and woman of God. And yeah, I'm speaking against the world's mentality. Give your child over to the world. No, I have dedicated my children to the Lord, and I've dedicated my grandchildren to the Lord through the obedience of my children, and I will see God's plans manifest in spite of the world and what they want to do and steal my children. Your children are protected in the name of Jesus. I want to remind you also that tonight, as Pastor Dan stated to you, Jurassic Earth, the creation and the recreation of our world. And in this series, we will answer many questions. There are some questions I still have, but for some reason, Scripture hasn't given us the answer to it. And what I have to do is I have to thank God for what he has given me. And I'm going to share with you everything that I've studied for decades in this area of Jurassic Earth and the recreation, the creation of this world. We're going to give you the book of Genesis. We're going to find out literally what God gave us. We'll take you around the scripture, many different books in the series But I want you to understand that Sunday night at 6 o'clock is Bible study. And whatever um, COVID or the enemy or politics has tried to do to sway you outside of the church, I want you to understand that Bible study is the culture of a man and woman of God. And if we choose not to do that, we choose to uh, dispel uh, a tool and an avenue that God gives the church to equip you for the work of your ministry. Bible study is very important. We understand the busyness and the changes in our world where it used to be years ago when I was a kid that we'd work Monday through Friday and then Saturdays and Sundays would be our weekend off. And now We do understand that people work on the weekends also. But we want you to understand that when you can, and if you can, to change and pray and believe God, that you will rearrange your life, the culture of your life, to be a person of Bible study. Six o'clock tonight, we will begin this series. We have our youth and our children ministry in the other facilities that we have in our church and so that the whole family can join together and to create a culture of Bible study. Tonight, with the adults, we'll talk about, again, the creation and the recreation, what the Bible says before and after. I believe in totality. Again, you will hear many answers to the questions And I'm going to say it this way, to maybe even the embarrassment that you have when the world asks you a question that you don't have an answer, and sometimes even the church, through ignorance, I will say it again, even the church, through ignorance, has not studied and does not teach what God said regarding creation and the recreation. What happened when Lucifer fell to this earth? The chaotic mess that took place and how God created 
All this for us so that we can succeed and literally come to a place of reaching our destiny in this world. God has a plan. I wrote this down uh, during vacation. I was sitting on a balcony, and I was overlooking the ocean. And I was praying and watching the sunrise rise uh, because we get the sunset, but on the East Coast, we get the sunrise over the ocean. And how beautiful it is. Here's what I wrote down. God gives us a dream, and that is our calling. But he also gives us purpose, and that is our destiny. But to have confidence for that destiny, we must understand our salvation is of grace through faith is of grace through faith. Let me start this morning with a statement that that about grace, and I I want you to really think through this because I want to take you down a a journey, a, a depth in a journey of understanding the truth of our salvation and living a grace filled life. Is salvation Amazing? Or is it just another religious thing? When you really think about it, we are saved by grace. And with that truth, it has to sink in for its power to manifest in and through your life. There needs to be a depth of revelation of grace through faith so it becomes so deep in us, the stuff God says we will face in this world will not sway us or even deceive us to live another type of a culture that the enemy is trying to bring us into, and even the church today. Romans 10.13 says this, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is for all people. The Greek word, we covered this a little bit at the beginning of the series, for save is the word sozo. Now, it sounds like it's spelled S-O-Z-O, but it sounds like it has a D in it, but it's, it's stated sodzo. So let me describe to you the meaning or the definition of the word save or to save, sodzo. It means to keep safe and sound. Now, let me just tell you, if you understand grace, it's received by faith, Speaking of your salvation, what I'm reading here now that I wrote down, I want you to understand it is you. It is what you have, and by believing in Christ Jesus as your Lord, it is you. It's your identity. It means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save a suffering one from perishing, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to deliver from the penalties of the judgment, to make whole spirit, soul, and body, to make whole spirit, soul, and body. Now, Pastor Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, he's really into the Greek and the language of the Greek, but it's Greek is in the indicative for for saved, it's in the indicative mood, which is a meaning of what I just read to you, wrote down the meaning of saved, salvation, literally is truth. 
It literally is absolute fact. What God said, no matter what you're feeling, what your emotion is, what's going on in your life, what I just read to you, your salvation means and includes is absolute fact. There is no doubt exactly what I read to you is what your life is consisted of. You can watch this again and listen to the facts that I told you. So today, I'm going to give you uh, basically two points, a little bit different than I normally, I normally give you different points, you know, first, second, third, but I'm going to give you two points, and the first point covers a burden I have for the church. And wherever I go, internationally, whoever I speak to, this is a burden that I have for that person or for that group that I'm speaking to. The second point is, so what do we do now? Since we understand, I'm going to teach you my first point, the burden that I have, that you have revelation of this Because if you don't, my burden is, if you don't understand my first point, then you won't get your your present or your future. You won't understand the anointing and the ability that you have to pursue your destiny and fulfill it. Because there will always be doubt because you don't understand the burden I have of sharing you the truth of point A. Here's my first point. Salvation is eternal. Salvation is past, present, and future. My burden again is we do not understand the past of being saved. So we struggle in the present and we're concerned or worried about our future of salvation, and the list that I read to you. Because we don't comprehend what God did in our past. Now, I didn't say in the statement, salvation is eternal, past, present, future. I didn't say once saved, always saved. Or God chose some and not others, which is Calvinism. And I don't believe in that because Scripture doesn't teach that. But I'm showing you the eternalness of salvation. Now, we're going to have fun. I'm going to make some statements a little bit later But I want to tell you, in us recognizing the presence of God this morning, we don't get the fullness of his presence because we don't understand the past of our salvation. And when we get excited, which, how many of you were excited this morning during worship? Amen. They led us into the presence of the Lord That was already here. God was pleased with what we did this morning. Worship is such a key of every believer. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages, or the pay, for sin is death. But the gift, the gift is, that's grace. That's what grace is. It's free. Of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 1 John 2.25 says it this way, and this is the promise that he has promised us, speaking of God, eternal life. 1 John 5.13, I love this scripture because it says this, These things I've written to you who believe. Anybody here believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Amen. Anybody believe Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know. Everyone say no. That you may know, not that you may hope, but that you may know that you have eternal life. See, the difficulty is we don't understand the fullness of this eternal life because salvation is our past, our present, and our future. So think about it this way. Since God is eternal, I'll say it again. Since God is eternal, then salvation is eternal. You got you to get that. Just, just like addition, one plus, okay, this is one. Since God is eternal, salvation is eternal. Everything that you will experience in the future, the fullness of your call, of your destiny, and purpose in your life will consist of whether you reach the ultimate of it is how you understand your past of your salvation. Okay, I've said that. This is the way I teach. Four different ways now. So acknowledge to me that, that you got what I'm trying to tell you at the beginning here. All right? All right. Okay. So now I want you to think about this also. When we think about eternal, we only think about the future. Eternal, the meaning of eternal is that God has always existed God does exist, and he will always exist. All right, we're climbing the ladder now. We're on the bottom rung of of this. But know this. God, tonight we'll find out, God even existed before time. God created time. You better come tonight, I'm telling you. Remember when Moses said to God, what's your name? Remember the burning burning bush? What's your name? And God answered, I am that I am. You look at that and say, was God confused? No. He's an eternal God. Everything that is, was, is, and going to be consists of past, present, and future. And if we don't understand that he was, then we can't fully recognize and grasp the reality of who he will be in the future. Because we're always guessing We get worried. That's where fear comes from. That's where deception comes in our life. So God answered, I am that I am. In that short statement, God says, Moses, I am eternal. And he says, tell Pharaoh, I am. And Pharaoh, he will have some questions So I'm going to answer him with 10 plagues. The struggle that Pharaoh had is because he didn't understand an eternal God. The difficulty, the deception he had in his life of a false God was because he didn't understand the true eternal God. So here's what God was really saying to Moses. I was... Before you were here, I was here. I am right now, and I will be, because I am eternal. 
Keep that in your brain. So I'm going to show you a phrase that most of us are probably familiar with, but I'm going to read it to you. Um, and it literally says it five times, but only says it the five times in the book of Revelation. Because John, if you study, he wrote Revelation, and, and he wrote the book of John. John literally talked about the eternalness of God in the book of John. And then when he saw the vision to write Revelation, he saw the different groups that says the same phrase, and he loved it so much because that revelation of an eternal God, past, present, and future, had produced such, watch this, and I'm going to say this, I can't prove it to you, but he's the only one of the disciples that lived a full life. And he even was boiled in oil. But he understood in such a powerful, now, other disciples, they had great faith. They did great things for the kingdom of God. But for some reason, in, in studying this and, under, and realizing this, the Holy Spirit showed me he's the only one that lived the full life on this earth of all the disciples. And they were all great in the kingdom of God. I, of course, I can't prove it. I'm giving you pastor's opinion. I believe because even through them wanting to, the world wanting to destroy him, boiling him in oil, they could not because John fully understood the eternalness of God and fully understood that your salvation is eternal. People ask questions, you know, well, there are such godly people. How come they died early? How come this goes on in their life? How come this, this? And I want to tell you, stuff happens in every one of our lives on this earth. And we can't watch this. We cannot, because God said it will take place. We cannot escape it, but we can go through it in victory. But there needs to be an understand of the eternalness of God and the eternalness of our salvation and the truth, the indicative mood, the aspect of what I told you is absolute fact for you. But because we don't understand the past, we don't believe it fully. And I'm talking about <laughs> all of us. It's not because, well, I've just known the Lord for a year, and, you know, all, and this person knows all of 50. I'm just telling you, I am still speaking to my soul when situations arise in my life and telling my soul, God is eternal. And what he says is absolute fact. All right, I got to go on. Clock stop. In Revelation 1.4, John is writing, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. That's from the revelation of the eternals of God that he saw when God showed him the vision. John writes the book of Revelation after his encounter and where he gets this phrase from. Verse 8 is when Jesus shows up, Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I believe that John just so fell in love with this truth. And I'm asking you, Valley Community Church, and everybody watching me online, so you grab this truth that I'm teaching you. And literally, I'm teaching you the truth that's always been in Scripture. John tells us the 24 elders 
the angels in heaven and the four living creatures use this phrase. After Jurassic Earth, I'm going to teach you on end times. We're going to talk about all of these. The truth about this in the Bible study. Remember, culture of Bible study. Revelation 4.8. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Revelation eleven seventeen. Remember the vision that he's seeing. We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. Revelation 16, 5. And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. Now, Hebrews 13, 8, we have written here, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It tells us Jesus is the author of eternal salvation. So, there is a past, a present, and future tense of salvation. Past, present, and future. And again, if you don't understand the past, you will not fully understand your present life and your future in fullness. So I want to talk to you about this. So let's, um, I believe you'll see it on the screen and and you might have a flyer for that. Uh, I'm not as concerned about that, but I just want you to see what I'm telling you because I'm gonna go through it pretty quick. So let's talk about the past, let's talk about the present, and let's talk about the future tense of our salvation. Past, present in your flyer, or future. Past is who was, present is who is, and the future is who is to come. So according to the Bible, You have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Remember the list I gave you? All right? Salvation is more than fire insurance. Salvation is more than being delivered from hell. How many of you can say, praise God, I've been delivered from hell? So again, according to the Bible, you have been saved, you are being saved, you will be saved. You have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Now, let's go past, present, and future again. Under the past, you have been saved from the penalty of sin, because we all were born in sin. The present, you are being saved as you learn and grow in Christ and your soul is being converted from the power of sin. Because remember the beginning of this series, we talked about that our spirit became brand new, and we still have a soul. And so your soul is being renewed and being converted. In other words, you are growing in the Lord. How many of you have grown in the Lord? How many of you, like me, still need to grow some? Yeah, okay. And then future, you will be saved from the presence of sin, judgment. Now, I'm not going to take time with this this next statement because I wanted you to have it in front of you, but I, I want to go on to really show you what we need to do with this. So here's my burden regarding salvation. I don't want to talk about the present and the future tense of salvation. I want to talk about the past tense 
of salvation because, please hear me, again, if you don't understand that, past tense, that you've been saved, past tense, you will have an incorrect view of your present life and your future life. Of the anointing and the power of grace that works in and through you. Remember, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is the gift of God. So follow me, because right now, a lot of us are saying, okay, what's wrong with me? What do I need to fix? That's why I'm talking about the past. Because I'm telling you, the reality of of what we do is what can we do better? In life, you can always do better in the physical life. But I want to tell you the power of the grace and what happened when you confessed Jesus Christ as Lord in your past, what happened and what God did because he's eternal God and in his thoughts, you didn't change his thoughts. He changed yours. And, and still some of you are sitting here and, and, and your brain's just going like someone just You know, you tried to make a tackle and you got a concussion. Because your whole life, you're wondering why your present is where it's at and you're so scared of your future. Because, again, you didn't understand the past salvation. Are you you following me now? Are you really, is this really beginning to sink in? Because every one of us, even myself, still battle present day and future in my brain. So if you don't understand what the Bible says about salvation in the past tense, or let me say it this way, if you do understand what salvation says, then you will have peace in the present and faith for your future because you understood the past. God bless you, let's go home. No, I'm... <laughs> All right, because I, I, I prayed this morning for 30 minutes that this part of my message would so stick in you, even during the football game you're watching this afternoon, that it will just stir your heart. You might jump up and down because there was a touchdown, but I want you, <laughs> I want you to score in your life today because you grab the hold of what I'm telling you. So if you don't understand past tense salvation, you will have pressure in the present and you will have fear for your future. How many believers, or let me say it this way, how many of us right now are living fear for the future? Fear for our children, fear for our grandchildren, fear for our job, fear for our finances. I'm telling you, the seed of all of that is because we don't recognize an eternal God. So whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, it says. You are saved, past tense. So here are some words God uses regarding being saved. You heard these words? Justified, sanctified. I know our soul, we're being sanctified, accepted in the beloved. If you believe, you receive the finished work of Christ, which then should bring to you a revelation that you are accepted in the beloved, that in your identity of who you are, that you don't have to change because this person wants you to be like them. You just change to be like Christ. Amen. All right, let's, let's go on. How about the word redeemed? Forgiven. 
This is what the Bible says. If you have believed, you have been saved. Remember the list? I hope you go even today and rewatch this message. See, this is another kingdom truth that if you catch it, it will change your life instantaneously. If you don't catch this, you will always be trying to achieve something and prove your position in God. What's the first thing that happens to you if sickness attacks your body and you pray and the next day you're still sick? I don't have enough faith. Or, I need to go find someone who does. Instead of looking back and say, past tense, what Christ has done. And that will change the way you think about that next day. That it will turn around. This is what happens with me. Uh, Folks, I'm still growing in this. That's why I'm being very careful what I'm saying today because I don't want you to sound like I got all this together. I don't. You know, a lot of times you look at a guy up there, well, you should have it all together. Well, let me just give you a secret. I don't. I'm like you. I live this life like you do. I face tribulation situations like you do. I face attacks of the enemy like you do. And you have to recognize that when you move into this area and you don't catch the fullness of salvation, eternalness, you're going to struggle when attacks come. You're going to struggle when people say things. So if you don't catch this, you will always be trying to achieve something and prove your position in God's kingdom. Now, here's my second point. Everyone, you got my burden, right? My burden that you understand, the fullness of the salvation. Here's my second point. Salvation is not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. Salvation is not a goal to be achieved. See, what we do, because we don't understand past, we're just striving to get better. I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better, I'm going to get better. Let me tell you, that's a lifelong journey. The knowledge and the wisdom of God is so immense in this world. Even though Scripture tells us the Word is wisdom and all the different things, knowledge and with the beginning. Remember, it says the beginning. Proverbs says it. Knowledge and wisdom is the beginning. Knowledge is taking in the Word of God. Wisdom is the correct application of the knowledge you bring. How many of you have gotten knowledge and you applied it and you applied it wrong? You knew what you should do. You did it. And why did it fall apart? Because your wisdom, the way you applied it was wrong. And I want to tell you, we get to the place that we have to achieve something. Oh, pastor, this great worship was so awesome. I love God with all my heart. I'm just going to do better. Well, praise God, do better. We're learning in this of grace. Do better. Yes, grow. That's why we have Bible study. Amen. OSL, discipleship programs, women's retreat, men's Bible study, all the things that we do with our youth, with our children. Why is that? It's because we still need to grow. But salvation, again, is not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. All through Scripture, it is described as a gift, a gift from God or the gift of God. If you just believe the past part of salvation, it takes care of the present and the future of your salvation. That's why it's so important. So in Ephesians 1, I want you to look at it past tense. 
Okay, I'm talking about past tense. I believe that's what uh, Paul is writing here. He is really trying to express to us of really believing past tense of our salvation. When we receive the gift of God, salvation, this is what has taken place, the past. But because we don't really experience that revelation, we're always struggling trying to achieve what God has already given. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Is that present or past tense? Past tense. With every, everyone say every. every. Not some. Not one day I'll get spiritual enough. With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Hmm. Is he going to choose you or did he already choose you? He already chose you. It's past tense. Verse 4 continue That we should be holy and without blame before him. He chose us to walk that way. Question? How are you ever going to be holy and without blame except the blood of Jesus Christ? You receive it. So if you receive the blood of Jesus Christ, then what God did before the foundation of this world, he made you holy. You just received it. Oh, but you don't know what I did yesterday. So you're a holy person that messed up yesterday. <laughs> are you seeing that? I mean, are you seeing the blessedness of understanding the fullness here? Verse 5, having predestined. Ah, there it is, Pastor. That's the word. There's a lot of speculation on this word predestination. So here's my answer to that. I believe in the predestinated God according to the foreknowledge of God. That God knew and that he predestined. God knew what he needed to do for you and he did it. I also believe that God, his character, predestines simple means to predetermine a destiny. That's all it means. God has a good destiny for every person that will choose him. You messed up in your past? That didn't change God's destiny, what he predetermined for you. You just messed up and rejected it for a while. But now when you received it, because why? You don't work for it. You don't earn it. It's a gift, your salvation. So now, that moment you receive it, now your destiny, your purpose, and everything is in line, the same thing it was before the foundation of the earth. Amen. So when you come to me, don't say the words to me because I'll give you that evil eye. Well, you don't know what I did in my past. I don't give a rip what you did in your past. Because it's not what you did that determined or predetermined what you were going to be. Because God did it before the foundation of the earth. See, if we understand the past, the eternal God regarding salvation, all this had been done. So when you have made a mistake in your present or you're concerned about your future, you got to understand God has already predetermined. He's not going to make you do it, but you choose to do it. Why? Because you understand what he predetermined you to be, your call, your destiny, what God has said to you. And a lot of times, we don't understand our call and destiny because we don't understand the past, what God did. People will struggle all their life 
of what, who they are, what they do, identity, or whatever. Why do you think the world... Okay, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit here. Because Gary jumped in here for a second, and I got to ask permission. Why do you think the world is constantly attacking your identity? Who you are? Because the world is under the guide of the demonic influence. And the world, under the demonic guide of Satan, knows God's already predetermined your success. And he's trying to get you to disbelieve it or not understand your past salvation. That's where it is. And you'll read all the blogs, you'll read all the psychologists. I'm not against psychology, but I'm against it if they go against God. And they say things that are not of God. Amen. You know, I get in trouble with our Christian colleges and stuff when I say stuff like this. I don't want the world guiding me in who I am. I want who I am guiding the world of what this world should be. Because in the beginning, God recreated this earth and it was all recreated for you and me to succeed in this world. And we have wonderful counselors, teachers in this, this church. Don't you become offended when, when I say stuff like that. And you've got to get your thoughts in line of the past because it will destroy colleges and universities. All right. I got permission. So if you get angry at me, get angry at God. So don't get hung up on that word predestined, doctrinally, but notice it's past tense. All right, verse 5. Having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. How do you do that? You receive it. You receive it. So the question is, are you going to be accepted one day or have you been accepted? You've already been accepted. Even though some people may, maybe don't accept me. I know you don't believe that. But I'm accepted. Past tense. So all I'm doing is reading you the Bible. The language of the Bible uses or is past tense. It also talks about present and future tense, so I'm not doing away with us continuing to grow in Christ and, and walking with Christ. I'm simply saying that understanding the past tense will change your life. Why? Because you received salvation. All that you are been for maybe years and decades been working for, trying to achieve, all you had to do is receive it and walk in it. Amen. And learn and grow. And when your soul gets all upset and fearful, tell your soul, shut up. That's not who you are. You are what God has past tense made you. <laughs> all right. Give me five more minutes. Ephesians 1.11 says, In him also we have obtained inheritance, being predestined, past tense, according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his counsel. That we who first, verse 12, trusted in Christ, trusted, past tense, believing, should be to the praise of his glory. In other words, 
your worship, your praise, all that you are just a blessing to the Lord. Verse 13, in him you also trusted, past tense, uh, talking to the Ephesians church here, the believers, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, having believed, past tense. See, Paul is saying the same thing. He's saying if you get this fullness of eternal salvation, we're always looking at the past or the present and the future. You must understand the past tense of your salvation in order to fully attain your present and your future. I did that when I was 18. Then it says you were sealed, past tense, with the Holy Spirit of promise. So you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Here's a southern saying. My wife and I were in the south for a couple weeks. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Amen? Give the Lord an applause. That's, that was spiritual. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession? Until the redemption of the purchase. Purchased was past tense. You were bought or at with a price through the praise of his glory. That's 1 Corinthians 6.20. We're not our own. So let me tell you in conclusion, the Bible has a list of sin, sins, and sinners. And before we read it, the list, you're on the list. I'm on the list. Believe it or not, Pastor Angel's on the list. (laughs) Pastor Dan's on the list. And I know personally, Pastor Ryan's on the list. (laughs) He's thinking, I'll get him back. Don't worry about that. And possibly, I know you might throw something at me. Possibly Pastor Nolan and Pat are on the list. Yeah. They're on that list. Yeah, okay, I heard Nolan, I heard not Pat, right? Okay. I get it, I get it. All of us are on the list, but 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, and such were, past tense, some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Past tense. You were washed. I couldn't stand here before you without being washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. So the eighth time I'm saying this in all different ways, when you understand your past salvation, your present will change. You will know who you are in Christ. Don't talk to me and say, I still need to grow. I know. Amen. I know. And how you grow is through Bible study. But the gift that you have, who you are, your destiny, is the gift that you receive. And when you truly understand the truth of your salvation and recognize what God has done for you 
then when you do mess up, stuff goes on that might create a worry for the future. Past tense still hasn't changed. Just realign your thinking of who you are. 1 John 1, 9 speaks to the believer. Confess your sin before the Lord. So what's he telling us? You're still going to sin. But past tense has taken care of it. But you have to choose to receive what past tense did. How do you do that? Confess your sin. Amen. After a while of recognizing this truth, you're not going to jump and try to fix everything right away. You're going to wait and hear the voice of God because the voice of God is the one who'll show you the next step. And you realize that even though you've messed up, you're still looked at by God like he looks at Billy Graham or Miss Pat. Why? Because we serve an eternal God who was here before the beginning and he's given us eternal salvation. Can I pray for you? All you watching online, please pray with me. In Jesus' name, I come against the deception of a demonic influence that would cause us not to look at the predetermined past decisions by God and work of God, the finished work. And just look towards the present and future. Where do we relate? What do we have? Our identity. Concerned about the future. What are we going to do? Where are we going to be? Father, I come in against that and I speak an openness and a revelation of an eternal God that will walk us through life that not only we have a call, but we have a purpose and a destiny and we will fulfill it. Why? Because we understand that you are an eternal God and we have received the gift of eternal salvation. Thank you, Lord, for that. Just pause a moment. Keep your eyes closed. Anyone in here, if you would say, Pastor, I struggle today. I worry for tomorrow. I choose today to remember what you did in the past. If you're here today and you're struggling with that, raise your hand. Many of you are raising your hand. I mean, you can put your hands down. There might be some here that maybe you haven't received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Or let me even say it this way. Years ago, it was a religious thing. But you want to really, because now you understand salvation is of grace through faith, that now you want to believe in the truth of salvation. And if you're here today and that you want to do that today, <clears throat> recommitting yourself, go ahead, raise your hand. Let's go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Many. Okay. Many. Many. All right. Good. Good. Go ahead and put your hands down. Praise the Lord. Everyone look at me. Praise the Lord. You know, it, it's... It, it's uh, Okay, I'll, I'll say it. It's simple. It's simple. Remember tonight, 6 o'clock, Bible study, youth across the way, children across the way. Come and, and meet new friends. It's hard on Sunday morning. We come in in the morning and we're working or we're ushering or whatever and we're running around and, and we just don't really come and meet new friends. 
come and meet Jesus in a greater way because the word will be taught. And come and meet Fred Flintstone tonight. For some of you younger people, talk to your parents who Fred Flintstone is. God bless you. I love you. Have a great afternoon. See you tonight. Sometimes you got